Welcome to Hola Yeloha. We're the voice for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, Hawaii, where we work hard to be a resource for the Latino business community. My name is Barbara Salazar DeLuca, president and co-founder. Hello, my name is Marisol Ruiz. I am vice president and co-founder of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce here in Hawaii. So today's episode, we're so excited. We're going to be discussing many topics, including imposter syndrome and self-doubt in the Latinx community with our featured speaker, Alani Bankhead. So let's get into it. Aloha, Alani. Welcome. Um, Hi. Hi. Before we get started, I just want to give a little background on how we met um, so Alani and her husband, Lyle, are my clients. I help them sell their beautiful golf course townhome in Hawaii. Um, and with my real estate business, we donate a portion of our commission with the mission to a nonprofit. So I had asked Alani what was important to her. And that's when I really got to know her and what was, you know, interesting. So she shared with me that she wanted to give back to the Susanna Wesley Community Center in Hawaii, which has a trafficking victim assistance program. And she also introduced me to her dog, Lulu, at the time. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I'd like to introduce everybody to Alani Bankhead. She's joining us from Montana. They moved to Yellowstone country. Um, and I loved your LinkedIn profile, which reads, you're hel- you know, helping people crush imposter syndrome and justice seeker and TEDx speaker. <laughs> That's right. So let's, yeah. start <laughs> let's start with justice seeker. Can you share a little bit about yourself and your work as a supervisory special agent justice seeker? Yeah, for sure. No, thank you for having me. It's so great to be with other Latinas, just talking about things to help empower the community. And um, so I have almost 20 years as a military officer and a supervisory special agent. And I have a business as a professional leadership coach and consultant, and I specialize in imposter syndrome. So helping individuals and teams overcome their self-doubt and fears. Um, And I'm also the co-founder of the Latina Healing Institute, where we provide retreats and workshops and individual uh, coaching services for Latinas to help heal in community. And so as far as my background, (laughs) um, yeah, I have kind of a funny, wild story. I am very petite, obviously look much younger than I actually am. Most people, when they find out that I'm a lieutenant colonel, are just super shocked to hear all that. Um, I have hunted terrorists for special operations in the Middle East, like in the movies, when you have briefcases full of money, meeting with informants in secret, like I did that. Um, I've chased spies in Asia. I was responsible for worldwide Air Force counterintelligence operations, supporting technology protection. So just making sure that our adversaries are not getting access to our most classified technologies. Um, I was one of the top, um, or I was the top bodyguard for a senior Pentagon official for a while. So I had a team of bodyguards that worked for me and we traveled all over the world. Um, And then I left active duty when I had about 12 years in and I went and did anti-child sex trafficking work in South America at the world's largest anti-slavery nonprofit. And so that included not only running cases, but also teaching the Latin American law enforcement agencies how to run good cases that could get prosecuted. And then we ended up moving to Hawaii. And um, my husband was still active duty at the time. 
And I started working at the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force there. And so I was responsible for all the proactive operations. So I created Operation Cakey Shield, which is our To Catch a Predator operation, if you guys remember that old TV show. And then Operation Shine the Light, which is our missing and runaway foster kid recovery operation as well. So I've had a super crazy career, but for most of it, I had imposter syndrome. And um, obviously, you know, being a Latina, Um, There were parts of me that felt like I didn't fit in into those very male dominated Caucasian communities. And I really struggled with that for a long time until I realized that my Latina-ness is my superpower. And so, you know, that's right. That's right. So there are, you know, just a lot of ways that being Latina helped my mission um, and elevated the mission. So even as a bodyguard, for example, I... Um, you know, really doubted my own ability in that job until I realized that I have the element of surprise in my favor, which most other bodyguards don't. Um, And so there were just all these little things like that, that really encouraged me along the way. And so now I teach other people how to do it. So that's my background. Wow. We have so many questions. You want to start? (laughs) I have one quick question, maybe to kind of start. Um, is there a, maybe not a formal definition, but I've heard imposter syndrome, but can you kind of elaborate a little bit on kind of what that means? Because I think I have my own definition, but, you know, uh, that's why you're here to, to enlighten us. Can you tell us what that really means? Yeah, thank you, Marisol, for asking that. So imposter syndrome is this belief that you are not qualified for the position you're in, any awards, accolades, or, um, you know, gratitude that people show you for the work that you do. You're constantly thinking like, oh, no, you know, I I messed these things up. There's that perfectionism element that comes in like you're never good enough. Um, And then the other marker of imposter syndrome is that you're so into your self-doubt that you worry that other people are going to figure out that you're not qualified. Mm -hmm. And so you're stuck in this really vicious cycle of um, overworking, burnout, perfectionism, all of those things. And the term itself was coined back in the 70s. These two PhDs did a study and um, all the studies since then have shown that Uh, approximately 70% of the population experiences imposter syndrome, which it's kind of funny, right? Because if the whole fear is that you're going to be found out, but then you realize that 70% of everybody around you has it, you know, the fact that we keep it all bottled in, it's just wasted energy. So I'm on a mission to make sure that people, you know, release all that nonsense because it's complete garbage and um, just feel really empowered to do the work that they need to do to, you know, serve their communities and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah. Speaking of serving our communities. So Marisol and I, um, you know, how we started the Hispanic Chamber, we work together in the real estate field. I'm, I'm a broker. She's also a broker in the mortgage side. And we wanted to join the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We realized that it didn't exist. So we created the space, right? So I find myself in this position as president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, yet I don't speak Spanish fluently. So am I an imposter? But, you know, but I still, I, I put myself up. I'm like, no, because why not me? You know? Right. If, Yes. Yes, girl. Okay. I'm so glad that you brought that up because this is something we talk a lot about at the Latina Healing Institute because your experience is very common amongst Latinas. And so, you know, when you talk about how you define yourself as a Latina, there's a big spectrum. So we serve women that come right, you know, 
across the border, don't speak any English. And then we've also served fifth generation Latinas who their grandparents didn't even speak Spanish, right? But they identify as Latina. And I have my own story of when I was a little girl, Spanish was my first language, but I went to pre-K and came home and told my mom one day, I'm not speaking Spanish anymore because I wanted to fit in, right? And so with Latinas, there's always this element of, you know, especially in, in the United States, like straddling two cultures. And there's a lot of guilt and shame around what parts you've maybe rejected in the past that you want to reclaim. Um, and so, no, the fact that you are a Latina who doesn't speak Spanish doesn't make you any less Latina. Um, so, but, you know, I love that how honest you are about that. And the fact that you were like, screw it. I don't care that I don't speak Spanish. I'm going to create this thing and look at what you guys have built. Like, that's amazing. So, you know, it's funny. I just took this um, ancestry test and it came back that I'm 43% from um, Indigenous America and Sonora, Mexico and Zacateca, Zacatecas. And then I'm also 18% Spain and 14% Portugal. So I'm like doing the math. I'm like, I'm 73% Hispanic. All right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Yes, girl. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, but these are the kinds of things, I don't know for you, if you experienced shame prior to finally coming to that point of being like, I don't care that I don't speak Spanish. I am qualified and I'm going to start this thing and I'm going to build this organization to empower other Latino businesses. Um, because that is what, what, it, what is needed. We were talking right before the show about how I was like, how did I not know this was a thing? Like I would have joined you know, as soon as you guys had started. Um, so I just think it's really amazing that you were able to do that. So thanks. So I, think, I think this is I mean, I love I'd never heard of anything like this or didn't even know there was an, you know, an organization geared towards, you know, Latinas. And the, the, the thing that, you know, how do you combat? I feel like this is so deep rooted as well, you know, because I am as you're speaking, I'm listening to this. I, I was kind of going back in my childhood, even like, you know, high school years, I was like, you know, in a school that I went to, I was too ethnic, too Latina. And it was, you know, I didn't feel proud. Like now I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm very comfortable in my skin. So I feel really strong and really empowered and, you know, spicy and I'm comfortable with that, but it wasn't always that way. I, I almost felt like I had to, um, you know, kind of dim my light, so to speak, right? So in some spaces, I was, you know, too Latina. And then in when I did really, really well in school, you know, over 4.0 GPA, kind of fun stuff, you know, honors, oh, yeah. I was <laughs> too, I was acting like I was a white girl, right? So I couldn't find this space. So I was too good, not too good. And, you know, it's kind of, it's very, uh, it's very difficult. And when these conversations aren't had, they're not had at home, or in your communities, you know, what do you do? You kind of, you you grow into these things and maybe that's where this stuff comes from. I don't know, but it's, a, I feel like it's very deep rooted, no? No, it is so deep rooted. And there's a lot of elements, even culturally, um, there's this term Marianismo that my co-founder, she wrote her whole dissertation on it. And it's um, all about the cultural systems in the Latinx community that, keep women, you know, in their place in certain ways. And so, um, 
you know, just hearing you share your story, thank you so much for doing that because it is a struggle to straddle both cultures and then to also fit in, but be unique and do your thing. And, you know, one thing that I didn't even realize until not that long ago is we're really the first generation of women that can do whatever we want, right? So like right. Our, our grandmothers for the most part stayed at home our mothers maybe were secretaries or nurses, but there were a really limited number of careers, or maybe they were able to just break into corporate America, but it still wasn't like VP, CEO level stuff. And so being the first generation where now we have all these options and possibilities, that's a hard thing to really grapple with. And so, um, but you know, the, on the flip side, Latinos are supposed to be the largest demographic of Americans by it's like by 2030 or something like that. Um, and so, you know, we're we've been rising for a while and it really is time for us to fully understand and accept every part of our story because it's that diversity, right, that helps make America the amazing country that it is. Um, I mean, there were times like as an example, when I was running informants in the Middle East, I remember at first being like, what am I doing here? I don't look like the rest of the guys. I'm not some big white muscly guy. And like, I'm going <laughs> to fail at this. And that. Right. Except that I could go into parts of Iraq that my counterparts couldn't because I looked Iraqi and they didn't. Wow. Right. Or the same thing with uh, when I was bodyguarding again, you know, um, I, I thought I didn't look the part, but my instructors were like, no girl, like you are way better off than the rest of the guys. It's how you use your brain to control the environment it has nothing to do with what you look like. Plus my trigger finger works just as good as the boys. I'm just saying, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so, so slowly over time. And actually this is the thing about imposter syndrome that people don't really realize is when you're experiencing it, it actually is pointing you to your greatest strength. Hmm, that's Which true. I know sounds really counterintuitive, but the right. reason why your inner imposter is screaming at you is because there's a value of yours that you've neglected or pushed away that is trying to get your attention. It's telling you like, no, you need to listen to me because I'm you. I know what's best for you. And so as soon as I embraced the fact that I look really young, the fact that I'm a Latina, that I'm petite, all of those things, you know, it, that was a game changer for me. So, um, so I'm not sure what's coming up for you guys with your imposter syndrome with that, but I'd love to hear. Your, your, <laughs> inner, your inner person is just screaming, let me out. Yeah, I'm qualified, right? So, um, and putting together our biographies for our board of directors, you know, I, I put together mine, you know, I'm president, this is my, my background and why I give back to the community. But then when it came to the education piece, uh, I didn't finish college. And I was sharing that with my husband, right? I'm like, I'm in this position and, and a lot of the people on our board are doctors and, you know, which is great and they're Hispanics, mm -hmm. but we come in all different forms and sizes and colors. And I'm, you know, tasked to lead, you know, our, our board of directors, which I love that they trust me to, to do this. But at the same time, you know, I get, my husband has to pump me up sometimes too. So he's like, you know what? There's a lot of people that are, that are millionaires, like a Dr. Dre, I don't know, for example, that maybe didn't finish college. So they just listened to that inner voice that said, you know what, let's do this. And with my position in real estate for the last 20 years, I haven't really needed the degree. But if I were going to pursue a 
you know, attorney or doctor, of course I would need a degree. So I don't feel the need to have to go back to college at my age to, to fulfill that. I, I don't feel like there's a void or emptiness. I just, I, I could have finished and I should have, but I didn't. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But how inspirational is it to people who don't have their degrees to know that I can be the president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce? Right, right. So if, if there's no opportunity, sometimes you just have to create it. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so out of curiosity, so the I'm not educated enough imposter voice, okay. have you always had it? Uh, I've always had like the regret that I didn't finish. I went to college and I, I was doing great. But, at, you know, in my 20s, I got transferred out to, to Hawaii when I was 29. And I was making a great salary running multiple stores for a retail company. I met my husband. We've been married for 20 years. I started my family. And, and part of the reason why I give back is because my daughter was born with a, a brain injury. So that forced me to change careers, change directions, re redefine myself. I got my real estate license and I haven't looked back. So I, I really haven't had the need to go back to college. So I don't it hasn't really bothered me because I haven't needed it, but I, you know, it's a piece of me that I know I could have done and I didn't do it. It was a small time frame. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, because you're a very high achieving woman. Thank you. So, you know, for you, like there, you know, there's always going to be a part of us that's like, well, if I'd taken that other path, like how would things have turned out? But I love how you just, you know, that could have been a barrier for you, but you just ran over it, that's which is right. amazing. I backed it up and went back forward. <laughs> that's right. That's it. How about you, Marisol? What do you, what do you feel? Um, I mean, I go through a lot of different, um, I sometimes feel like I'm just not doing enough because I want to be doing more and, and, uh, I don't know if it, yeah, I just feel like I'm not, I'm, I'm never doing enough. I can always do more. I can always do more. So, um, I have, uh, not issues, but, um, I kind of beat myself up about that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, of course. And it makes sense that you would be experiencing that considering even that little bit of your story that you shared from high school, right? Like, um, and that's something that's really common in the Latinx community is when you have to straddle two cultures and you're rejected by both sides on some level, the constant need to achieve, to prove that I belong here. Yes. And so for you, that never, it sounds like you're still kind of rumbling with that a little bit. Um, yes. and, and it's funny because especially in Western culture, achievement, it, that's what it's all about, right? The salary, the job titles, the money, all that stuff. But, you know, we've learned, especially during the pandemic with self-care, that burnout and the perfectionism, like that'll kill you. And- well, you, Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Well, one of the things that I think my biggest- what I grapple with the most is I feel like I do not have the right to uh, get tired or complain or, you know, struggle because I, I'm first generation American. My mother is a, my mother and my father, illegal immigrants from El Salvador and Mexico. So I see how my mother struggled. She was a single mom and it was so hard and, you know, she, everything turned out okay, but I'm like, I have no right to, crying complain and i'm tired and so there's this part of me where i i when i start feeling like that i get really upset because i feel like i don't have the right oh it makes me even emotional <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i feel like there's no i have no room for that yeah 
Right. So Marisol, would, would it be okay if I coached you for a couple of minutes? <laughs> I don't know. I love it. Let's this do it. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's okay. If you're not comfortable, it's totally okay. Um, because it, it is, um, you know, a very vulnerable place, right. That you've already gone to. And, but here's the thing, what you just shared is what we call a limiting belief. So I don't have the right to rest and take a break. Right. This is a belief that you've carried for such a long time, but you know, do you have kids? I do. I have two beautiful soon to be 10 year old and a 12 year old. And yeah, I feel guilty. Like if I rest or if I'm going to, I made myself get a massage finally a few weeks ago, but I, there was this guilt that who am I to, you know, go indulge and and get this massage. I've got things to do. (laughs) Girl, that's that. Yeah. Anyway, right. For real. Well, I did it, but I, but it wasn't like, you know, and I have, I have friends that I love dearly and I see, and they're just like luxurious and like, you know, pampering themselves and, and, you know, self-care and love. And I'm like, wow. And you don't feel any guilt. They're like, no girl. <laughs> I'm like, I want some of that. Yeah, my nails done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's another one. So here's yes. the thing, buddy. Soul. your 10 and 12 year olds, if they came to you and said, mom, I don't feel like I have the right to rest. What oh. would you say to them? Oh, it break my heart. Absolutely. Come here, mommy, puppy. Let's lay down. Relax. <laughs> Let yes. me massage your feet. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and I understand what you're saying though, too, about like your parents sacrifice so much right. to create the life that you, you know, are now building your business and everything off of. And here's the thing. When you think bigger picture as Latinos, we are the survivors of centuries of famine, slavery, you know, if if you have any Afro descendancy blood, like crossing the ocean killed yeah. so many, right? Um, uh, we just went through, a, you know, a big plague kind of thing. And when you look at the ancestry, it's something like, I mean, we have like hundreds of ancestors and they literally prayed for you. Like you are the manifestation of their prayers and you are the best of what they have to offer. And I bet if you talk to your ancestors, they would pray and want you to enjoy the life that you have because of all the sacrifices and things that they couldn't have. That's a beautiful way to put it. I didn't think about that. My ancestors, are, that's true. Just like we, for our children and our children's children, right? We're, we're wanting the best for them and, and uh, putting that energy out there. I've never thought about it that way. That's, that's deep girl. <laughs> well, and they, but, but they, also, they also lived so that you could have a life of joy. Right? right. And what you're talking about is survival. You're like, I I'm, I'm hustling all the time because I have to achieve. Cause I have to constantly prove that I'm, you know, here, but, um, but now you have some awareness and you get to make the choice. Do I want to enjoy my life moving forward? Cause you busted your butt and you deserve it. And it's a journey, you know, you'll get there to where, you you know, you can finally relax and sink in and enjoy, you know? Um, And and that's another important part is the perfectionist in you wants to, wants it to be done now. Right. Like you're like, Like, I just want to be over (laughs) it now. I'm the achiever, (laughs) but you can't to do list your way to that. You just have to focus on, the, you know, the, a lot of the things that they talk about these days, mindfulness practice, meditation, whether, and it doesn't have to be like sitting like, 
right? Like you can go to the beach and stare at the horizon. Like that's insanely relaxing to me. Um, the coloring or journaling, there's just a lot of different ways that you can work on that process, but I know you're going to get there girl and <laughs> you're going to model that life of joy for your kids. Right, so right. I love that viewpoint. Um, before we wrap it up, I wanted to ask you, why is um, imposter syndrome more prevalent with Latinas than Latinos? Or is it? Well, yeah. So the, so the studies do show that women experience it more than men do. And a lot of it has to do with the system that we're in, whether it's professionally or, or you know, culturally. And so obviously there's the parts of you know, the machismo and well, you're like second place and you need to be down there. And so when, when you have these parts of you that want to bust out to help humanity and shine your light, like Marisol said, and they're dimming your light, you know, that contributes. And we have terms now for like microaggressions and stuff like that. Part of what we do at the Latina Healing Institute is for our younger folks that come in, the older folks in group coaching and retreat events are like, Oh no, honey, that was a microaggression. And you don't need to put up with that. I did for 20 years and I'm here to tell you like respond this way. And, you know, there's all sorts of how to's, um, to help with that kind of thing. And so I think a lot of it is systemic. It's not just in our heads. It's the things that we're told or the ways that we're treated. Um, you know, the indirect communication that we get a lot of times. I mean, I experienced it in Hawaii professionally all the time. Like, who do you think you are? You know, mm -hmm. little girl, like trying to, you know, save kids and bring law enforcement agencies together. And, you know, it's not easy, but, um, but yeah, did I answer the question? <laughs> you totally did. You totally did. And one more question. I just want to um, ask you about Lulu. How, you know, if you can just share with us, because it's such an amazing story. And I was watching your TEDx video today and how you shared her work here in Hawaii and how she recovered the um, cell phone within an yeah. hour. Yeah. So Lulu's an electronic detection police canine. She's trained to find digital media for evidence in cases, primarily because we work child exploitation. It'll be child sex abuse material cases, which is also known as child pornography. Um, but we've worked other cases. So like the H2 murder case with the Marine that killed his wife, like he threw a cell phone into the woods. And so they called Lulu. We've worked white collar fraud cases. Um, so cell phones, thumb drives, micro SD cards, laptops, anything that holds um, digital photos and videos she'll find. Wow. And she was Hawaii's only dog. There's a new one now, but, um, but yeah, we were at the AG's office working on all the islands and Guam as well. And the original dog came out about seven years ago. If you guys remember Jared Fogle, the subway spokesman from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the original dog alerted to um, some stuff in his office, but there was a micro SD taped to like the back of an electrical outlet in the wall. I mean, just something no investigator is going to find. And so after that, they realized they needed more of these dogs because the evidence is so easily hidden. Um, and then they're also dual purpose comfort dogs for kids. So most of them are service dog dropouts. So Lulu failed out of service dog school. Um, because she barks at dogs every once in a while, you can't do that as a service dog. But you know, at, as far as failure and resiliency goes, we love sharing her story because rather than helping one person now, she protects hundreds of thousands of kids from abuse. And so it's just another element of, 
you know, just because you failed at one thing, like just keep going. And there's something way better for you if you keep kind of going. So yeah, Lulu's a good girl. She's really sweet and she loves to eat. So yeah. Lulu worked through that self-doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and we need more Lulus and, and people like yourself, um, you know, in our community. So thank you for everything you do. It's so exciting. I We could talk for an hour for hours. Yes. Yeah. And on, on your website, if we go to your website, I noticed you have an event in April coming up, right? At the Healing Institute. Is that yeah. right? Yes. yes, we have. So we have monthly group coaching the first Thursday of every month at it's 9 p.m. Eastern. So what is it's like 4 p.m. Hawaii time, I think. 3 p.m. Now, I think. Something like that. And then um, we also have uh, two retreats in April. So it's the last weekend in April in the D.C. area. So we want to bring uh, the retreats to different parts of the country. But for now, we're focusing on the, the D.C. Latinas. So, nice. yeah. Wonderful. And wait till you bring it to Hawaii. Um, so we're going to post down in the link below, you know, how to contact you on your LinkedIn. Or you guys can look her up, Alani Bankhead. Um, anything else you want to share on contact information, Alani? Uh, my coaching website is www.mightysparrowcoaching.com. And then the uh, Latina Healing Institute website is latinahealinginstitute.com. Um, and yeah, I love LinkedIn and I just post all sorts of craziness on there. Uh, so follow me there. Wonderful. Yeah. You know, I wish you were here for our upcoming um, Buenos Dias Breakfast Networking event. It's going to be Tuesday, April 11th at the Taqueria at... Um, and our special speaker is Dan Barreto, and he's going to talk about violence and how to recognize it before it recognizes you. So um, do you have any more information on that, Marisol? I know that's what we have. That's uh, on the 11th, 8.30 to 10. Yep. And then um, our next guest speaker um, on Think Tech Hawaii is going to be um, Dr. Lisa Sanchez Johnson, she's on our board of directors. So she's going to be discussing multicultural health. And, you know, what she does a lot of research on um, the, the Hispanic health and, and why do certain, you know, diseases affect us more than others, like, uh, you know, due to our diet, maybe like diabetes. And it's going to be an interesting conversation. So, you know, join us for that. We'll share the links with everybody. So um, this is Hola y Aloha <laughs> by Think Tech Hawaii. We've been talking with Alani Bankhead with Sparrow Coaching about imposter syndrome. <laughs> Thank you, Alani. Thank you so much. It was fantastic. We're going to continue you guys our conversations. <laughs> so much. You powerful women for everything that you're doing to empower other Latinos and uh, Latino businesses. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, thank you, Marisol, for joining us and being a wonderful co-host. <laughs> And um, on this great, inspiring topic, I want to thank all our viewers for joining us on Think Tech Hawaii. And we'll be back in two weeks. So please tune in and tell your friends. I'm Barbara DeLuca with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Hola, no, adios. And um, what do you say? Goodbye, adios. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, adios. Adios y aloha. That's it. Because aloha means hello and goodbye. That's how. <laughs> adios y aloha. Okay, thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, 
please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo. Thank you.